one thing Ryan Day must get right in 2024. You are Locked On Buckeyes, your daily podcast on the Ohio State Buckeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy New Year, Buckeye fans. I hope you enjoyed bringing in New Year with your family and friends and did it in a safe way. Welcome, everyone, to a Monday edition, the first episode of Locked on Buckeyes in 2024 here on Monday, January 1st in this new year. I'm your host, Jay Stevens, also the host of the Jay Stevens podcast. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. It's $150. If your team wins, visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. We are always looking for ways to alter some things in our life in a new year. Maybe you're a person that makes New Year resolutions, or maybe you say, no, not a resolution, but something that I want to keep as a part of my life not just over the next couple of months or next or next 12 months, but for the next 10 plus years. The new year is a great time to, in our minds, kind of shift some things. Well, for Ryan Day, he needs to shift some things and get a few things right in 2024. And the one thing and the main thing Ryan Day must get right in 2024 is the quarterback position. Because if not, the 2024 could end like the previous two seasons did, but also number two, Ryan Day might not be the football coach in Columbus anymore. I think it's that simple. Now, you may want to say, Jay, recently we discussed and talked about Ryan Day, and you said, no, it's not time to move on from him. But I also made a comment saying, yeah, but next year could be that time where Ohio State moves on from Ryan Day. And I made that statement. And then the Cotton Bowl happened. And then you had that game plan against that Missouri team with those football players deciding at the last minute two weeks before the game, oh, let's change a very important part of our offensive line, make two changes, and think that's the right game plan. And even when it's not working, you go out and say, oh, we're not going to go back to what worked during the season. It doesn't make any sense. So the game plan got in my head. But really, Ryan D has not coached himself well enough to – overcome another season like what the Buckeyes had this year. This season on offense was not on Kyle McCord. And if anybody comes out here and says, this is on McCord, McCord messed up. McCord is a reason for the offensive issues that Ohio State had in 2023. I'm going to push back on that and say, look in totality for the offense was this year. Look at what Kyle McCord did this year. And I'm going to defend Kyle McCord every single second. Was he perfect? Absolutely not. Has there been a perfect quarterback at Ohio State? Once again, no. But one thing Kyle McCord did, he worked with what was right in front of him, didn't have a consistent running game, had some offensive line issues early in the season, had receivers that at times were dropping passes. Yeah, he had slow starts. But Kyle McCord did a good job of being the Buckeyes quarterback. So the offensive issues at Ohio State this year, I'll say it again because I said it before, but sometimes you got to say it multiple times for emphasis. They were not his fault. The things we saw in the Cotton Bowl, some of those were on Ryan Day. I, I cannot try to change it. 
And if the Buckeyes want to go and be a better football team next year and beat the team up north and win the Big Ten Championship, which will be a whole lot harder to win, and to make the 12-team playoff, which you would say, yes, you're Ohio State, you're going to do that. But in a tougher Big Ten, it's not all set in stone and automatic that the Buckeyes will make that group of 12. Think about this, though. If you want to be one of the upper echelon teams in the sport, what do you have to get right? The quarterback position. Let's think about the four playoff teams right now. Quinn Ewers or Kyle McCord? Michael Penix Jr. or Kyle McCord? Uh, who's in uh, uh, Jalen Milrow or Kyle McCord? I'm not saying they didn't get it right for this season and see him being the best guy for the job. I'm not saying that. But comparing him to the other quarterbacks that are in the playoff, you see there is a difference. J.J. McCarthy or Kyle McCord? I'm not the big. I'm not going to sit up here and say that J.J. McCarthy has a future of being an NFL quarterback. I don't think that at all. One thing I do believe is this, though. J.J. McCarthy, in the biggest game of the year to that point in time, had a better game than Kyle McCord did. So even though Kyle McCord has a better arm and has more stats in different areas than J.J. McCarthy, what do we find in that game? Who stepped up in a big way? McCarthy over McCord. And so for next year, you have to get this right. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. You have to get the quarterback position right. Because in this sport, if you have one of the top quarterbacks in the sport, you're giving your team a chance to, one, win your conference, which ultimately means you're probably going to beat your rival. And then also, you're going to have a chance to win a national championship. There's no, it's, it's, it's that simple. It's also hard to do. Now, why did the Buckeyes have the situation they were in this year? Based on recruiting in the way they wanted to utilize the portal going into 2023. Great. Ryan Day believed, and I believed as well, Kyle McCord, Devin Brown, one of them would win the quarterback position, and one of those would be the right guy for the job. Okay, cool. Great. I get that. I understand it. I agree with it. But also think about this. When you think about those guys, do you think, that Kyle McCord or Devin Brown would be the right guy for Ohio State going into next season when the portal is an option. I think McCord, if he was at Ohio State next year, would be a better quarterback than he was this year. Easily. Do I agree completely with how Ryan Day went about not committing to McCord for next year? Not really. No. I'm not saying McCord will be Joe Burrow in next season. What I do believe is this, you'll get a better version of Accord in next season, just like LSU did in year two of Joe Burrow. That is what I do believe. And Ryan Day has put himself in a weird spot right now, kind of delaying things with the quarterback acquisition, kind of writing out and saying, oh, okay, we're going to get our end of year conversation. McCord, here's where you stand. Can't commit to next year. Okay, that's risky. That's very, very risky. Because if you get this wrong, because if things don't go right, people will point back to that conversation. And we weren't in there. I was not in that conversation. I was not in that room. I was not a fly on the wall when Ryan Day and McCord had that conversation about the future of McCord in Columbus. I wasn't there. But the one thing I do know is this. That conversation. Will it make or break Ryan Day's tenure in Columbus? I don't think so. There are other reasons why uh, things are not going well in Columbus right now as far as the standard not being met that is at Ohio State. 
But the Buckeyes could be looking at a weird situation next year where what do you have? Do you go to the portal to get a quarterback? Maybe. Do you want to depend on Devin Brown or Lincoln Keenholds or Aaron Nolan for next year? Maybe. But what do you have? Three unproven quarterbacks that are committed and signed to play football at Ohio State next year. And if you go to the portal, you got to try to do something I've mentioned before. Teach somebody a system, but then deconstruct their previous system while teaching a new system. That's difficult. That is hard. Once again, I'll say something I said earlier. Ryan Day must, absolutely must, get the quarterback position correct in 2024. There's another thing that Ryan Day must get right in 2024 and maybe make a New Year's resolution out of it. What is it? We'll dive into that next on Locked on Buckeyes. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. The NFL regular season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, do customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet? That's $150 in bonus bets Win or lose. The app is so easy to use, and there are so many different ways to bet, like live same-game parlays, find bets in the new Explore tab, make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, the best way to find popular parlays, and more. If you're trying to get an upper hand and predict the Buckeyes winning next year's national championship, they currently have the third best odds at plus 600 to win the national championship in the upcoming season. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On Plus, our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel found only at the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So we just discussed one thing Ryan Day must get right in 2024 and kind of make it his main focus in the upcoming year and not say the upcoming year immediately, because if not, the rest of the year might not go the way that you or I want it to go. But there's another area that Ryan Day can emphasize in the upcoming season, and it's about not the players on the field, but the coaches on the sideline. Ryan Day must make sure he has a coaching staff intact so that the coaches can do their job at a high level and the job they're doing is up to the standard that's at Ohio State so the Buckeyes could do some amazing things in 2024. It's that simple. And this year is more pivotal than I think previous years because I try to give everybody the benefit of the doubt. Larry Johnson, of course, Justin Fry, of course. I don't really want to dive into Parker Fleming and special teams too much, but when you have that many blunders, first punt of the game, first time the special teams unit, at least in the in-game situation, not so much opening kickoff or kick return, but you guys are on the field for a punt. You get a delay of game. Multiple punts are down, fair caught, inside the 10-yard line. I talked to my wife about that in the game, and I said, they teach you this. I don't know why they're doing what they're doing. Offensive line, Justin Fry was not up to par. I don't know whose decision it was to make the alteration on the offensive line, but that was stupid. 
I, I'm not going to try to change the words. I know it's a new year, but it's the same old Jay with the same old analysis. That was dumb. That was idiotic. I don't know why you would make that change, realize it didn't work, and then you didn't go back to what was actually working previously. It doesn't make any sense. So offensive line, do you have the right coach? Receiver, I think you got the right coach. We're going to touch more on Brian Hartline in the very next segment. Trust me, ain't nobody exempt from this show today. But you got to make sure you got the right coaches. You have to. I have seen people out there say James Laurinaitis needs to be promoted from GA, grad assistant, to full-time linebacker coach. Great. Cool. Okay. Is that the right move that Ryan Day needs to make? I don't know. Is that a move more for recruiting than the actual in-game situations? I don't know. I have heard and seen how James Laurinaitis at times will react and do things in-game on the sideline that are phenomenal for a guy who is as passionate as he is about Buckeye football and as passionate as he is about the LB position. It makes a whole lot of sense, but is that the right move? I'm not here to say yes or no. I don't have enough intel, and I don't have not so much intel. I don't have enough knowledge about what James Laurinaitis is as a coach. I understand the recruiting aspect, but is as a coach to say, oh, yes, this is the move Ohio State needs to make. But I do think for there are some there are some coaching areas that the Buckeyes definitely need to realize and figure out. Is this what we want? Not for the future, but for the next 12 months. Think about this. I'm going to lay them out for you here really quickly. Hartline, I think, is safe. Not going anywhere. He's fine at receiver's coat. Offensive line, Justin Fry, he might not be safe. Uh, th- what we saw there was not okay. Uh, Coach Key at tight ends. He's fine. He's absolutely fine. But also, I'm going to join him in the very next segment as well. Um, Running backs, Tony Alford. I think he's fine. I don't understand why these guys have been hit with the injury bug as much as they have been. What he got out of Travion Henderson this year in the latter part of the season and even in the bowl game in the Cotton Bowl where he is running with an intent and purpose that he had not ran with previously during his previous two seasons at Ohio State, even this year when he was – before he got injured and knocked out for a few games. That is phenomenal. I do believe and have a great belief in Dallin Hayton and maybe Trevion Henderson in next season. At the time of this recording, Henderson has not declared for the NFL draft. Uh, He has not declared what he's going to do for next season. And Dallin Hayton does not enter the transfer portal if that is something that he is currently thinking about right now. So time of recording this, that is where we currently stand. On the defensive side of the ball, I think Jim Knowles is fine. I believe he signed a two-year deal when he first came to Ohio State. That deal is up. I do think he'll get a, a, a two-year uh, two contract, maybe four-year contract, um, a new one coming up. I mean, you want to pay him, what, $2.2, $2.3 million maybe? Because, honestly, that defense, if it wasn't for Ohio State's defense on Friday night in the Cotton Bowl, Ohio State would have lost the game by an extremely wider margin than they did. And now we're having a conversation about what happened in that game in a bigger and more worse landscape and big picture than we currently are on defense. I like Larry Johnson. I understand what he is. Even talk to a brother of a recruit um, that who played defensive line, who's currently in this cycle, who committed to Oklahoma. And his brother said, yeah, it's Ohio State, it's this, but it's Larry Johnson, he's a GOAT. And this guy who I was talking to played football at BYU, so he's not only one that's saying, hey, I know from what my brother is telling me about Ohio State and Larry Johnson, 
he played the sport on the offensive line at BYU and realized, hey, Larry Johnson's reputation around the country is one of the best D-line coaches there is. I don't know what's happened over the past five, five, not five, three or four years to where things are the way that they are on the defensive line. But you got to realize, is this what you want? If it is cool, keep him. If you want something better, you have to move on from him to accomplish your goal. Uh, Paraliano and Tim Walton, the DB coaches, they're they're fine. I, if if they if if anything has happened to them, I hope it's them moving back, moving on to a better uh, 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 position or as a coach, maybe more money or different university. I don't know, but or back to the NFL, I, I don't know. But I do know this: you got to make sure you get this stuff right. You have to. This isn't just about 2024. My guy, Mo Murphy of the Off the Ball Network, a frequent contributor of the podcast, made this comment when him and I were going back and forth about if the Buckeyes should two, should play two quarterbacks in the Cotton Bowl. They ultimately did. I don't think it was a game plan. They were forced to. But Mo made this comment. You're not just coaching to win this game, speaking of the Cotton Bowl. You're coaching for your job. And when you're coaching for your job, you need to make drastic changes where drastic changes need to be made. Because if not, you might lose your job. Two down, one to go. There's one more area. And this one, I think, separates Ohio State from the two teams that are currently the betting favorite to win next year's Natty via our friends at FanDuel Sportsbook. What am I speaking of? We'll dive into that into that next on Locked on Buckeyes. I really, really hope you guys are looking forward to watching the playoff games today, the game between Washington and Texas in the Sugar Bowl later this evening and this afternoon, middle of the afternoon, more so early evening. I believe it kicks off at 5 p.m., the Rose Bowl between Alabama and Michigan. If you want to know who, what my picks are, I'm going to save them for later in the show. It really wasn't expecting to do this now. I got Texas. The defensive front is too good. It's so good. So good. And as good as Washington is with Michael Penix in that phenomenal trio of receivers, I got Texas winning this one. Oh, and there's two words I don't normally like saying, but they're in me right now. Roll Tide. I, I ain't picking Michigan to win this game, and I think Michigan's a really good football team. Don't get me wrong. But the coaching job that Nick Saban has done this year needs to be praised. Jalen Milrow being a phenomenal quarterback. The offensive line issues early. They're not having those late in the season. Hey, I got Alabama. In Texas, in the Natty, and I'll save my Natty pick for end of the end of this week, maybe early next week. Two down, one to go. Well, last one is one that I do believe separates Ohio State from Georgia and Alabama, the two teams that are currently favored ahead of Ohio State to win the Natty in the upcoming season. You have to put an emphasis on player development, and like I said previously. If you don't, it's not only that. The season is going to end like 2022 and 2023 did, but also 2021 where you didn't make the natty in either one of those seasons, didn't win a playoff game in either one of those seasons, but also Ryan Day might be up out of a job. Now, him being up out of a job, think about this. Ryan Day, phenomenal offensive mind. A guy that in the upcoming season, let's say he does lose his job, could easily go back to the NFL, could get a job as, as an OC, make millions of dollars, probably not $10 million like he's currently making at Ohio State or what, 9.8, whatever it is that he's making at Ohio State. 
You, you won't get that kind of contract. You can even go to another college football team if you want to and get paid. You could do that. But if you want to be in Columbus, you better emphasize player development. And I have one example to discuss in this area. And it's not on defense, even though we could definitely touch on the defense. It's on offense. It's not the quarterback situation because you're playing a backup and a third-string quarterback that literally had a month to prepare for this moment. I'm not putting that on them. They were kind of just thrust into this area very, very quickly. It's on the offensive line. And it's not Enoch Vamahi, who I tweeted out in the game. I was very frustrated. I was very calm during that game in the Cotton Bowl. But I tweeted out, Vamahi is getting destroyed. And destroyed is in all caps. Because it's true. And I heard later Bill Landis on the podcast making a comment saying, it's kind of clear Enoch Bamahi is not a player that is playing up to the level that Ohio State needs as an offensive line. Will he ever be that? I don't know. But he has never been a guy that can just be thrown onto front street and play this well. But not so much Enoch Bamahi. What are we talking about all season? Early in the year was the left side of the offensive line. Carson Hensman was a little bit shaky and uh, a little bit had some issues. The center guard, excuse me, guard center guard uh, combination of Jackson, Hensman, and Jones, it wasn't their issue. It was just a trying to figure out how to work together. What do we also find? Josh Fryer, okay, he has some good moments, but he is still not a guy that I think is a Ohio State caliber starting right tackle. He did it this year. I think you, I think you still expect better from him. And so the offensive line and player development, the development of the offensive line this year was good in some areas. Simmons was not a liability. He was really, really good. Uh, played a whole lot better in games 9, 10, 11, 12, and 13 than he did games 1 through 5. So I have to give him credit to where credit is due because of how he played. Josh Fryer had some issues all season long. I've even had buddies text me about their thoughts about Josh Fryer. We all have generally the same thought. He is just not the right guy at right tackle for Ohio State. But also think about this. What did we hear going into – oh, this is going to lead me into a rant. <laughs> so many thoughts. What did we hear going into fall camp, in the middle of fall camp, into the season? The depth at Ohio State is a question. You don't trust the depth. You trust the guys up top. Why in the world is that the case? At the beginning of the season, and why in the world in the season, during practice, are you not doing things to develop guys during the season? Oh, wait, maybe you are. Maybe it's just not working. I am so confused by this is the same song and dance over and over and over by the Ohio State coaches, Ryan Day. Ryan Day made this comment, and I went back and looked at some articles, and he made this in regards to post-game talks after the loss to Missouri in the Cotton Bowl. And you're going to hear this, and it's going to give you a sense of deja vu. Because I got the same thing. Here's a quote from him in his post-game presser. Quote, everything's going to get looked at. If it's what helps Ohio State go reach our goals and win these games, then we'll make those changes. So got to really evaluate it the right way and make sure I'm doing it the right way and do what's appropriate and what's best for the program, end quote. Why in the world is everything in a reactionary measure and not being proactive to make sure that in these moments, you're not making the same comment and statements over and over and over? It doesn't make any sense at all. You're in what? Year 
five of Ryan Day. And we're hearing this same thing over and over and over. I think it was last year. Didn't he, I don't think we heard it as much this year, but I remember last year when things didn't go right, things didn't go well, the defense is getting gashed. What, what was what was the thought? You got to go back and look at the film to figure out what happened. And that wasn't just game one, game two. Like I understand early in the season, you get, definitely have to look at the film, and a lot of that is coach speak. Games eight, nine, ten, got to go look at the film. Got to go look at the film. At some point, why can't we just get a coach that's honest and being like, hey, maybe our guys just aren't able to do the things we're asking them to do. Oh, oh, oh. saying that's going to be a whole lot different than what you would normally get out of Ryan Day. But at some point, you got to realize saying the same thing over and over and over kind of makes you look a little bit silly because you're reactionary. You're doing things after the fact. And things could have been done beforehand, being a little proactive to make sure that your team is better prepared, you're better prepared, and you have to as a coach. Last thought, got to get off this soapbox. You have to be prepared as a coach for things that you don't see on film. Isn't that coaching one-on-one? Maybe not one-on-one, but that's really elementary stuff as a coach, especially at this level. Be prepared for things that you don't normally or don't see on film. Not don't normally see on film. Maybe you never see it on film. You still have to be prepared for those moments. And we have heard coaches do a little film study and say, hey, how are you so prepared for this moment? Well, we had our film guy go back and look look at something from Jim Harbaugh when he was back at Stanford. He said, Harbaugh used this in this moment. We might do this look and bring this out on the, on the field because we think we might have an upper hand with this. But we have to know if we do this, how Harbaugh might combat it. And why did I say Harbaugh and Stanford? Because it's been a long time since Harbaugh's been at Stanford. But what do we know? We realize there are things that happen in football that coaches pull out that they haven't used in five-plus years. That's just the nature of the beast. you got to be prepared for things that you don't see on film with the current team because if not, you might look foolish when you make comments like this over and over and over. Hope, I hope, your day is a lot more enjoyable in the way that the Buckeyes ended their last game in 2023. You can follow me on X, formerly known as Twitter, at jstevens07. Send all of your emails to jstevens317 at gmail.com. Also head over to Locked on Buckeyes on the Instagram. Going to start putting some reels out there. Also going to do some more YouTube shorts to try to uh, expand the scope and the reach of this podcast as well. So definitely everything will be linked back to the YouTube, back to the audio platforms you can listen to the show every day monday through friday also another thought let me know there will be times we'll be sprinkling in some basketball conversation but will not be in our regular monday through friday regular length shows there will be times where we do some not live shows after basketball games but there will be some reaction pods after ohio state basketball games ohio state over the weekend beat West Virginia in overtime. The game was played at a neutral site in Cleveland. Congratulations to the Buckeyes. That was a really good game, really hard-fought game. Poor shooting by both teams in the first half. Changed things in the second half. And defense and Roddy Gill Jr. having a career day, career day really propelled the Buckeyes to victory there. Also, women's basketball team at Ohio State. Got a commitment from the number three team in uh, – excuse me, number three player. She's not a team by herself. Number three player in the in the country Congratulations there as well. Looking for, we'll definitely touch on the sprinkle some more basketball conversations in here. There'll be extra pods 
because you're not going to deviate and get away from what Buckeye fans love. That is Buckeye football. We're out of here on a Monday, the first day in 2024. We'll see you next time.